This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to Warsaw Fan TV. We are here again and we're also um, ready for listeners on the Join the Pain podcast, all part of the Talk Sport Network and uh, representing Warsaw. That's good. So uh, today we're talking with Warsaw Foundation Director, uh, Adam Davey. Hi, Adam. How are you doing? Morning. Really good. Thank you. And yourself? Oh, I'm very good, yeah, very good. good. You had a very good weekend, didn't you? What with uh, the the kids at Wembley? Um, yeah. Some people thought the big event was uh, Carlisle Stockport, but it was uh, Warsaw Stockport, wasn't it? Yeah, no, we uh, we managed to eclipse the big event. It was um, <laughs> it, it's uh, it's a school school competition we run every year. There's um, there's two elements to it. It's run by the EFL. Um, there's the Under Eleven Kids Cup and the Under Thirteen Girls Cup. Um, and our under eleven team uh, was a school from Cooper and Jordan, oh, yeah. uh, which is, if, if people know, is a primary school in Aldridge. So um, we ran. We were working it out on the drive home um, on Sunday. I think they had to play seventeen games, uh, including the final, to win the trophy. That school they played yeah, in. Um, we had nearly fifty schools enter the local competition, so fifty Warsaw primaries entering uh, competitions on the AstroTurf at the stadium. Um, whittled them down, obviously, to Cooper and Jordan as our representative school. They then went to um, a League Two Southern final. So 12 of the League Two clubs in the Southern area. We yeah. went to Northampton, um, won that, which meant that we then played the winners of the Northern equivalent for League Two um, at Wembley. And that happened to be a school from Stockport County. And obviously, oh, they had their supporters uh, their supporters there for the for the main game. And, um, and they came out 3-0 winners. Um, so the kids... Did ever so well, played some really good football, uh, represented the club well, and it was it was nice to see the the Warsaw logo up on the big screen at Wembley for a short time as well. Well, it taught to be there for other reasons, hadn't it? But I mean, uh, that's an amazing achievement from the youngsters. Yeah. Um, hopefully, they're going to go on to uh, represent the first team. That would be nice. Yeah, we, I mean, there was there was one lad who um, stood out in the preliminaries, but he's already uh, signed at Aston Villa Academy. Um, have they taken were, him away, have they? They, yeah. they? He was already signed to them anyway. So that even though we'd okay. spotted him being a good little player, there was nothing we could do there. But there was uh, three or four others, you know, good good little group of lads that will um, will be mentioned into the club that they might want to have a look at them as well. So, yeah, uh, a is, good, is good that, weekend. Is that a big problem, the, they get pulled away before you have a chance to get them signed up for Warsaw? Um, 
I mean, it, it swings and roundabouts. Obviously, the pull of being at maybe a, a bigger name club for kids in academies is is one thing, but then opportunities yeah. to progress might be greater at a, at a, a smaller club. So it, it gives and takes. Um, you know, we've we've brought through players like Rico that are now playing in the Premier League, and yeah. Liam uh, Liam Kinsella, who, who obviously has left us now, but um, Liam, who came through the academy, and, and one or two others, Jamie Patterson um, is another name that springs to mind that. You know, and, and Ronan Mayer, of course. I was going to um, Ronan Mayer, he's sort of like a, a shining light at the moment, isn't he? We're just uh, helping he sort of completes the transition to the first team. It looks like he's going to. Yeah, I mean, a, a good player. And again, on the flip side, um, you know, Ronan started at Aston Villa, then went to West Bromwich Albion, then came to us. Um, yeah. And the football, the fate of the football gods, you never know whether if you'd have stayed all the way through at Villa, he'd have made it with a professional contract or not. You know, it's, <clears> it's a very difficult industry and... and thing to to get involved in as as young players and get through the system. All the clubs look after the players. There's a lot of talk yeah. about obviously kids that get released and things like that. But it's it's part of what you accept if you if you sign to an academy and, and everybody knows that not everybody can go all the way through. And yeah. So we'll we'll see. Maybe one or two of the kids will uh, be appearing in Warsaw shirts as well. <laughs> that would be nice. Um right then so uh, the the latest um release of uh, your annual report yeah. We're going to have a look at that. So uh, let's just get that up on screen and uh, we'll have a look on that. Um, I always get this the wrong way around. Hang on. Um, do, 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 do. There we go. There you we can are. see that now. Let's put that up yeah. there so people can see. <clears throat> That's it right then. So um, you are the uh, Academy Director. And, uh, foundation director, not not quite academy. In fact, that's Rob Williams. But no, yeah, foundation. Oh, sorry, that's sorry. Me. You'd think I'd be preparing for this, wouldn't you? I have. I've been re rehearsing, and <laughs> I know, I know. It was the, the talk of the academy beforehand, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. That's what threw me. I'll use that as an excuse. <laughs> um, you you've got quite a, a credible um, group, though, haven't you? With the, yeah, you know, I mean, we on board now. We've been publishing um, the annual report since 2019. Um, obviously, a couple of those, 2020, 2021, were um, sort of through the pandemic um, and slightly different kinds of delivery to what we're used to now. But we, we publish it every year. Um, you can see there on the, the staff chart, we've, we've got over 20 full-time members of staff. We've got a, a really strong board of trustees that, that oversee the charity. Um, for me, and, and I report to them with with updates and um, another maybe fifteen or so casual staff. Don Goodman, he's he's new to the trustees, isn't he? Yeah, so we had two two new members. We, we've had some retirements by rotation. The um, the charity commission recommend that three terms of three years is a good benchmark for trustees, um, yeah. and we were very thankful to some very long standing trustees that that have stepped down now because of um, that retirement by rotation, particularly. Um, so it was a case of looking for new trustees. And yeah, Don, Don's come on board, um, as has one of the guys from the Traveller board. But um, Don's been brilliant. They're very, very new. They've only been to a, a couple of meetings, really. Um, they're, they're just finding their feet with it all. But Don has got fantastic media presence, knows the club. He, he's local to the club still. Um, but more importantly, he sits on the EFL panel that judges the, the the programs and projects that get put forward for projects of the year at the EFL. Um, oh, yeah. Now I don't expect any sway in the voting from him, but I certainly um, 
would think that when we're putting um, things together, because he would have to disclose his, his sort of interest in being a trustee with us anyway on that. But, yeah. um, you know, some guidance on what we're doing well, what we can improve on. I think Don will be a, a fantastic addition. Yeah, I think it, it'd be good to have his influence around the first team as well, wouldn't he? Sort of as a, that kind of thing. I don't know whether he'd be up for that. but Well, quite possibly. We, we have spoken, obviously, um, and part of the the annual report and it was something that slowed down during COVID was, was obviously player visits. We, we had to be very careful about taking players out to schools and, and different places like that. But um, Don's particularly keen on sort of player input. Um, yeah. We had some fantastic visits last year um, that will probably, well, that last year and this year, some that will feature in 2023's annual report when we come to do it. But Don's very keen on sort of going down and maybe speaking to the players about um their importance on on the off the pitch activities as well, so I'm I'm sure he'll be a, a real positive influence. Yeah, having sort of that kind of experience in and around young players, um, can sort of all the way from the first team all the way through the uh, the academy um, to the young ones as well. It's uh, yeah, it's we we encourage the youth team of... to get involved in the player visits as well. Um, yeah. They it's a good experience for them um, as we, we speak to them each year and we, we sort of say to them, you know, when when kids say they, they, they still change at the um, training at the stadium, sorry, before they, they train at the training ground or, or up on the AstroTurf. So they're, they're around the stadium a lot. Um, and if it's, uh, say, October half term when the kids are on school holidays, the kids will see the youth team around. So it's good for them to be ambassadors for the club as well. It's, it's good practice yeah. for them. Yeah, that's good. Um, education. Is uh, a big part of what we're doing as well there. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, and I appreciate you, you having me on, thank you, because, you know, as much as everybody focuses a lot on the on-field activities, the off-field activities, you know, we always feel is something the club should be proud of uh, and, and support should know more about as well. And education's uh, one of our four departments. Um, and as, as you can see, um, weekly, we're seeing over 3,000 kids every week um, yeah. in, in activities. And, you know, the... The, the school tournament won over a thousand kids are involved in school tournaments, the school partners game, nearly 3000 fans came to the school partners game. So, so working with the local schools is really important because again, for us, um, great engagement, we can really make a difference to those kids and, and equally potentially get them down to games and convert them into Warsaw supporters. That's it. As you, as you touched on there, sort of, <laughs> there's so much more to the club than, uh, than just the football. And, uh, it's good in some ways for the uh, the pain, the pain that we've sort of gone through uh, with the team this season. Um, it's nice that there's other stuff going on, and that's why it's good to have you on to to share that there's a lot of other things happening. Yeah, um, I think it's um, things, lots of positive movements as well. Yeah, it's important that I mean, ultimately, there's there's 92 professional clubs. Um, there's now the National League, which are all professional teams as well, or full-time teams, I should say. Um, so essentially professional football. So over a hundred clubs that are, they're operating the, the foundations and trusts and community schemes. And, um, you know, teams will have their ups and downs. Only one team can win the FA Cup, the League Cup. Only, only four teams can win their respective leagues and everything like that. So, so there's a lot of us that, that like to think that the difference we make off the pitch as well can be, can be sort of applauded and, and promoted as well. I think as, as, the Premier League sort of do take a lot of the focus, and as we've already touched on, um, they'll sort of get first dibs, first dibs on speculative new talent and that sort of stuff. But it's it's not all about the Premier League, is it? 
No, not really. And and I mean, yeah, they'll they'll see new talent. They'll get a lot of the the plaudits of the the off field work and activity as well. But as you as you see there, the the Premier League are very conscious of that. They're conscious of obviously um, the money that's involved in the game, and they fund hundreds of programs across the country, um, across everything down to the National League. There are National League clubs that get Premier League funding to deliver projects such as the Premier League Primary Stars there, um, yeah. where we we have a very focused sort of um, project that goes into primary schools and looks at improving um, children's reading, um, literacy, numeracy, um, PSHE. And, and we also do teacher CPD to upskill primary school teachers to be able to deliver better PE sessions if our coaches aren't in school. So loads of stuff that goes on that the Premier League fund um, up and down the country as well. Yeah. So it's good that they're sort of spreading some of that <laughs> some of that money yeah. comes down to the lower levels, isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. Um, That was an interesting one at St George's Park. So there was um, people, probably supporters that, that follow the game as a whole, would say that St George's Park was 10 years old last year. Yeah. Um, and as part of that, we took a, a boys and a, a girls team along to a primary school competition there um, that was hosted by the FA and, and visited by Prince William. So um, that was a very special moment for the, the kids involved from St Giles School, which is one of our partner schools. Um, Poundland supported it by buying the kids all a, a Warsaw kit to wear. Um, and yeah, we uh, we went there and, and that was actually the first... Um, Royal engagement for Prince William after the Queen's funeral. So it was his first engagement as a Prince of Wales as well. And obviously heir to the throne, yeah. So, um, yeah, very special day for the staff and the kids that were involved in that. We've not converted him to being a Warsaw fan yet, though, from Villa. No, I think he's still a Villa fan, but you never know. He might (laughs) might keep an eye on the results. (laughs) Well, we hope so. We hope so. Um, We'd have to find a special seat for him if we did want to come down the stadium. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, we talk about the education and sort of bringing that through because um, perhaps when kids are struggling, um, getting them engaged with sport and combining it with some education is sort of a good way of sort of bringing them on. Um, but I think a big part that I'm really happy with that you guys are working on is the health side of things. Uh, mental health has become a real big challenge. Um, yeah, I'm really pleased that you're involved with that area. Yeah, I mean, the if if you go into the the sort of research and demographics of of the town of Warsaw, the residents that live there, you'll you'll see from um, NHS and, and other sort of studies that um, you know the areas of deprivation, the problem that uh, the health problems that are a result of of maybe some of the uh, deprivation that there is in Warsaw means that um, you know there's a lot of people out there that that maybe need that support and. Physical and mental health on an equal level are, are really important. Mental health, obviously, um, very prevalent. And um, it's easy to say, particularly in men, because men don't talk and, and, and maybe finding them avenues to open up in, in areas where they maybe wouldn't have, but, but equally women as well. Um, you know, people's mental health and not just people that are diagnosed with it, maybe people that have had stressful situations in their personal life, have got uh, stressful jobs and, and maybe need to just come and have an hour of playing football with with some like-minded guys and supporting each other and staying for a, a cup of tea and a biscuit afterwards you know that's that's really important as well so we're really pleased with the impact that our, our physical and mental health programs have um, on you know affecting the the lives of people in Warsaw. Again it's great to share this so so people can see and hear the 
there is that avenue out there. So for people connected with Warsaw, Warsaw fans, if they are struggling, there's a, there's an arm there. Yeah, and I mean, it it extends to um, the walking football for the over 50s. Um, It extends to our pan disability um, projects. Beat the Block is our focused um, mental health programme. And lots of those guys um, and and women are are, are entering local tournaments against the other local clubs. I think in the last month, we've been to a tournament at West Brom, Villa and Wolves. Um, We're looking to host one as well. And linking in with their programmes. And, and while the on-field rivalry is always there for football fans, off-field we work together and can have such a, an impact as a, a sport as a whole and beat the blocks a great example of that. Yeah, I think if if that's just uh, small steps towards working more with the local, other local Premier teams and the likes, um, it can only be good. Um, I like yeah, the, off, the off-field stuff uh, particularly on that. You know, there's, there's obviously a rivalry they play. The Civil Regis project that we run in the education uh, department, that's another one that links in with the other five West Midlands clubs. And there's a bit of rivalry when the football comes, but actually taking people to meet people from outside their area, physically socialise with those people uh, beyond the yeah. football, I think is really important for everyone. And, you know, expanding your horizons outside the Walsall Borough and, and meeting other people from around the area. I think that one uh, in within the brochure, there's a, there's a comment here that um, I'd like to share. Yeah. It, it gives me something to focus on every week, something to look forward to. Without coming here every week, I think I would get too lost in my own head, to be honest. That's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a powerful sort of, message. That's from, quite touching. That's quite touching. Yeah, um, it's, it, it's really powerful. It is. The, and and the, the, the risks of things like that, you know, getting lost in the thoughts in their own minds, that then losing their confidence to get out and meet people leads to social isolation leads to the, you know, physically then not getting out and about as well. And, and it's a, a downward spiral for some of these people. And, yeah. um, you know, it's really important that they've got something. Football's not for everybody. You know, there are other fantastic organisations doing other projects around physical and mental health. But those that are engaged through football, um, you know, it's a, a fantastic tool to make sure that we have that really powerful difference that we we make with it. I think the, the important message is um, exercise helps mental health yeah and you know it's it's almost one of those things that everybody kind of knows that but nobody really puts it at the top of the the lists um sometimes in school pe can be um substituted with extra literacy and numeracy because of sats tests and gcse results and you know i think it's important for for people to whatever bit of activity they have go for a walk walk the dog you know go for a walk on your own go and meet people go on a running group go and to use the gym with your headphones in or whatever it might be um, to, to, you know, have that bit of time to take your mind off everything else. I know I do it, you know, after a, a day at work, I, I sometimes yeah. go to the gym and I find that really good to, to just switch off and spend a bit of time on yourself, which is important. Yeah, it's same here, really. I think for me, I try to sort of put a small walk in every day, but to be able to have a walk down to the local park and to hear the birds singing and, uh, the wind sort of whistling yeah. through the trees. Um, it helps lift, lift. Well, it, it does. And I mean, there's a, there's a guy in, a guy in the photo there in the front row, right in the middle with the red hat on that, that some supporters of a certain age may remember as uh, Morris Willits. Um, yeah. We've featured him before in annual reports. He's had his struggles and I know I can speak about them a little bit because he's gone on camera and, and shares his experience to, to benefit yeah. others. And, um, I'm good friends with with Mars. I, I used to coach him when I first started nearly 
30 years ago. He was one of the first kids I ever coached. And now he's a an adult and still joining in our programs. And I get on really well with him. And, and I see him on his social media. He goes for a walk nearly every day, um, comes to our sessions as well. And, and he, he really does value the importance of that. So even something as simple as just going for a walk, I know he walks the Arboretum and around his local area and, and things like that. It's it's so valuable to people. Yeah. It helps when the weather's uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And, um, a, winter walk, a winter walk's pretty good as well. Um, yeah, yeah, Lee. No, wrapped up for that. Lee. Yeah, Lee. So Lee's one of our, our participants. Um, he obviously sees the value of, of coming to the sessions and enjoys sort of joining in and um, meeting the other guys. And I think, again similar to what we were just saying, that without that football session that he's managed to access through us, you just don't know um, what situation Lee might find himself in. So um, really, really powerful. On, on all of the departments, we try and have a case study to just go, look, we do loads of great work. Here's all the big numbers of thousands of kids and, and everything like that. But here's some of the, the smaller, really important focuses on individuals or small groups of people that have really benefit, benefited from, from the work we do. And, and Lee's definitely one of those. Personal stories matter, don't they? They do, and they can have real impact. Um, it's difficult sometimes because funders like to see numbers as well. If they're going to give you some funding of a certain amount of money, they like to see that it's had a, a big impact. But but equally, that big impact can be a personal story for one individual. You know, is it great to give 100 kids a football session yet? Yeah. Is it just as great, possibly arguably better, that you've impacted one person on a mental health programme who's now not slipping into social isolation and possible yeah. thoughts of, you know, darker thoughts in, in their own minds. So, yeah, quality and quantity are, are, are two things. And, and, you know, you have to juggle both with funding. But, but yeah, the, the personal stories are really, really good. Yeah. The, um, the sport element, obviously, is sort of a, a big focus for a lot of people. Um, and ultimately, getting players through, mm. the, through into the academy from the, for the youngsters that are coming through, that, that's also a big part of what you do, isn't it? Obviously, the, the health and the education is uh, an important community aspect. But the football side of it and the sport, um, a lot of people look solely at that. Yeah. But obviously, there's other elements. Um, but we are interested in the sports side. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's a pretty obvious department to have because we're a football club and it's sport, but um, it's it's a bit further and beyond that. Um, as you quite rightly say, we work, we run our development centre um, with um, with, the, with the players. We, we link that with, so, so those lads I was talking about from the Kids' Cup, um, potentially coming into the development centre or going straight into the academy, whichever, um, if, if we, we manage to sort that out. And those players... They follow the same curriculum and training programs as the academy. Um, we work very closely with Rob and the team in the academy to, to help identify players. So that's a, an element of it. We never promise the world. You know, you can't make promises to kids. If you join the program, you'll become a footballer. Yeah. What it does do, it gives them structured training. It gives them um, match days for the older age groups in the MJPL. Um, but most importantly, and there's lots spoken about what happens to kids when they're released from clubs and, and possibly the mental health of that and, and everything. Well, we offer a, a sort of, I call it a shadow youth team, but a shadow youth team experience, I should say, where um, the kids will, at 16, I say kids, they probably wouldn't like that, but but at, at under 18, <laughs> we, run, we run college programmes. So so younger players released from the academy will obviously go and try and find academy football elsewhere, but, but also have the option to stay at Walsall and, and keep working with us in the development centre. Um, 
for those that um, maybe don't get offered youth team contracts at 16, we have an under 18 program that we run um, at the the club as well. And we've got plans. We're just moving to bringing that in-house at the stadium and, and employing our own tutor. Um, and the, the plan for that is to grow that again um, from within the stadium and also include a, a female element to help support the Warsaw women and be a youth team for, yeah. for the Warsaw women's side. So, um, yeah, it's, there's, there's lots of lots of plans there, and the development centre brings players through. Joe Folks was one of those players who's obviously had a great season at Kidderminster. Um, yeah, Marvellous, who's been offered a contract to to join the first team um, this year, was a, another player we we recruited from there, and one or two others. Our previous 2019 appearance in the Kids Cup final at Wembley um, has now got two kids in the under 16s next year, um, okay. going through that potentially may get youth team contracts this time next year. So. Yeah, the, the sport, sport element's important to us. I was surprised. Uh, obviously, Marvellous... Uh, I have trouble with his surname. We'll just call him Marv. <laughs> Marv, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was surprised that there were so few that sort of were were offered contracts. What, were they just um, not I mean, standard it's... or is it a budget thing? What do you think? I, I, I wouldn't know if, if I'm honest. It's I mean, ultimately, I think it'll be down to you know, the standards that are expected. It's um, somebody once told me, so I've done little bits of work in the academy over the years and somebody once told me that the hardest contract for a footballer to ever earn is their second professional because yeah. up, to, up to 18, they've only ever played in their own age groups. You'll yeah. only play against the best under 14s, the best under 16s. Whereas once you get to 18 and pro, you're playing against somebody that's got three, 400 league appearances and, you know, a 20 year career behind them. Um, and you're up against them, and can you actually step up to that level? So it's um, it's difficult. They get their first contract. Joe Folks is a great example. We've we've had him signed as a pro for two years, and he spent both years at, at Kidderminster Harriers. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that's a, a good or a bad thing, but but for for Joe, that his journey at the moment has been two years playing at that National League North level. Um, now, obviously, got promotion from that. He won their Young Player of the Year. He's made probably over 100 appearances in adult football at a very good standard. Um, and are now, um, you know, he's got that playing experience behind him and has mixed it with adults. Ashley Hemmings, who used to play for Warsaw, he's playing at that level. Matt Preston was there last year. And, you know, he's playing with some very good experienced players. And you you just send players on their their, their path and, and, you know, the chance will come and hopefully they take it. I think with the, with Joe Folks, I think he's... Uh... He's up for contract review, isn't he? So we're all hoping that he's going to be uh, in the first team squad next season. But I think that's uh, unclear at the moment. I think. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots to sort out um, in in the, the football side of things with with what happened towards the end of the season. But you know, for for me on a personal level, and and the lads that run the the sport department for us, um, we've known Joe since he was eight years old, and we like to see him do well and that's the main thing. So, um, yeah, we'd like to see him do well for Warsaw potentially in the future as well. Yeah, that's it. You want to try and keep hold of him, don't you? That's a... Yeah. Oh, quality. Right then, next one. We've got uh, match day experiences. Now, I know uh, that the club did a thing looking at match day experiences, but for you, it's somewhat different, isn't it? Yeah, slightly different. Um, we've had a, a year-long um, sponsorship with HomeServe who've helped support us on, on this programme. And essentially, our match day experiences, yes, there's the whole sort of match day experience. Um, you, we, we get assessed to have the Family Excellence Award and everything like that on the, the football club side of things. From the foundation, it's the 
match day visits for local junior teams and groups in the area. Um, and then obviously you, you, fans that go to the ground uh, on match day will see that there's the ball assistants around the pitch, the boys and girls that that retrieve the ball and the the flag bearers for the guard of honour as players walk out. And and that's, that's an Lewis, experience. Lewis normally people. takes those round, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah, there's uh, the the staff are well drilled in in their jobs on match day, and we do impress the importance of the you know the guard of honour looking good as they they come out, and um, you know the ball assistants getting the ball back uh, quickly, particularly if we may be chasing the game, you know, making sure they're switched on. But but ultimately, it's about giving kids experiences at football matches. Um, a lot of them have never been to live football. A lot of them never been to a Warsaw game, and um, through those in the last sort of season, we've we've seen over five thousand people. Adults and the children and the accompanying adults um, yeah. coming to those games and yeah they're uh, they're a really important part of engaging um, the local community in the club and then obviously for the younger fans hopefully making them start to have an interest in Warsaw Football Club. That's it. I think it, as we said before, it comes down to uh, <laughs> what the what it's like on the pitch whether they're coming back. So uh, yeah, I mean, particularly in charge. With yeah, I mean that style of style of play is important. Winning a game is an obvious one, but you know you want people. I will. We always kind of say to people, we can't guarantee the performance and the weather, but the rest of it, we'll make sure you have a good day. And if the weather's nice and we win, <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's it's a win win all round. And um, you know the school partners was great this year. I think it's the first time ever that we've won both our school partners games. Yeah, that's um, it. I noticed that against Crawley and Gillingham, and and again. Um, the the second one we did in March had the highest attendance we've ever had for a school partners game. That's and awesome, that, wasn't it, yeah, and that that came down. Um, th that second partners game was in a, a run that obviously is well documented. wasn't maybe the, the best of runs we could have been on, um, but we still had people through the door come in to engage with those um, yeah. tickets and, and watch the game, and it was great to get the win on that match as well. <laughs> the uh... There's one particular guy we need to talk about, and that's um, young Harry. Now, uh, I think I, I messaged you on email. Harry Dixon yeah. um, is uh, my mate's uh, cousin. Right. Um, so um, he's come all the way through with you, hasn't he, Harry Dixon, from seven? Yeah, he's, he's a, I mean, Harry, and there are, there are numerous others, but Harry's a great example and one that came to sort of... Um, the end of this part of his journey with us, I suppose, if you want to call it that, that um, has been with the the club since he was seven. He was in our development centre, um, never quite got into the academy. Um, and again, as I say, we never promised that to the kids, but we, we we can assure that they have a good experience with us right through. And he's gone through from the youngest age groups. There's the photo of him there many years ago as a, as a ball boy again. Um, yeah. Then the, the, the white, team photograph in the white kit that's one of his um mjpl years i'm not quite sure which um yeah. probably sort of 13s 14s maybe um and then the photo in the bottom right hand corner is him representing the club in the efl uh cfa league which is the college education football alliance yeah cfa uh, is the acronym for that which is the that shadow youth team experience that we can offer the the players and he'll have gone right the way through enjoyed his football engaged with the club come out with qualifications as well at the end of it with his, yeah. his B-Tech in sport. And, you know, we wish him well on whatever, you know, where life takes him next because at 18, coming 18 now, um, he's got those those decisions of, of whether he goes to uni or work or, or what he's going to do next. But he's had 11 fantastic years with us and was a great example of 
how we can support young people through a journey um, using football. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Was the main tool? Yeah. Did, did he Did he have an academy offer or, or not? I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Mark, um, who runs the, the sport department for us, keeps a, a track of all those. We obviously see lots of people, lots of... Uh, different projects that I help support all the staff so on the spot I couldn't actually tell you but I'm sure if I spoke yeah. to Mark he'd, he'd let you know whether he, he got that opportunity or not I was just asking me mate really he should know yeah yeah last time, drop, him, drop him a message he'll tell you last time I spoke to him he, he, he said he'd change direction he was going to stay with the football I think that's the last thing because uh, on, yeah. on your, your brochure in first there is sort of finishing but I mean uh I well, it is, we so we don't offer anything at the moment beyond eighteen on that program. Um, no. One of the things we can do, and we'll be looking at, but we've still got to grow the college program to a point where it's got that strength in depth. Is that yeah. we can access um, a sports coaching degree, a distance learning degree that students can then study at the football club as well. Um, yeah. But it's not something where just one student can do it. We need a classroom of of, of kids, yeah, maybe ten, twelve more, yeah. kids, eighteen year olds, ten, twelve, fourteen of them. Lots of clubs do. I think there's nearly 60 clubs are involved in that in a, a link with the University of South Wales. Um, and as ever, we always look to grow programmes. It, it's on our radar to to do that. But the, the sad thing about our post-16 programme is our first season was the 2020 season. So this, this season's probably the first year that we've actually run a whole season without the impact of COVID, weirdly. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's been a bit of a rocky road because COVID threw a spanner in the works. Our first ever full season was cut short. Our second season was on and off with games and lockdowns. And it, it took a while. And if we hadn't have had that break from the pandemic, I imagine we probably would be offering that university programme now. Um, yeah. But it's certainly something we're very keen to, to introduce. But at the right time where we know it will be a quality programme um, with the right number of participants on it that, that gets the best out of it for them. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's one for the, the the pipeline in the future. Yeah, so it, it, it'd be nice if he went on to uh, the academy and the likes, but that's not always the uh, option. No, but we also do lots and, and we do primary and secondary things on this. We talk to the players in the post-16 about opportunities away from playing, um, you know, and, and the jobs in football, yeah. um, coaching, and sports science, tutoring. There's, there's many jobs they could go into, physiotherapy, and, you know, we encourage that as well. Um, engagement and um, is is sort the next element. Yeah, it's it's just breaking up a little bit. Hopefully, I'm still uh, you can still hear me. I mean, engagement's a pretty 
pretty broad term. Um, obviously, everything we do is engaging um, participants yeah. through football and the club. Um, but but for us, the NCS program we ran last year, which was engaging uh, 16, 17 year olds in outdoor bounds and uh, community projects was important. Um, but also um, one of the, the key ones has been the holiday and food program that the council supports, um, which is for the the pupils on um, universal or families on universal credit, pupils on free school meals that can access the football and food in the, the school holidays yeah. with us. So, so loads of loads of different engagement programs. Um, our kicks program in an evening. Um, it actually sat in sport, but is kind of sport engagement is the um, and and kicks is a good follow on to the the stuff we're now doing with Featherstone Prison as part of the National Prison Twinning Project. Um, you know, which is trying to use football to to prevent reoffending. Um, kicks getting kids off the street that may get involved in in things they probably shouldn't if they, they weren't engaged in something positive and football can be that. Um, so, so loads of different engagement projects that, that really, again, have a, a bigger hit and a bigger meaning behind just a, a simple football session. It's, uh, it's about keeping that focus, isn't it? It's about that keeping yeah. that focus for people doing the right kind of things, right, healthy pursuits. Yeah, and, yeah Jensen, um, great example of that. Um, uh, a, a young lad that needed that extra support. We we got him involved in the holiday and food program through the council. Got him involved in activities. His parents have have been quoted as to the impact that's had on him, on his confidence, and and he's he's you know been a bit more outgoing. And all to the point there in that bottom picture, you can see him as a, a community mascot, which is funded through our friends at Free Kicks Foundation that buy a, a kit for twenty three kids over the season, and we give them the opportunity to walk out with the team. And I mean, if you'd have said that to his parents before he got engaged with us, would he walk out as uh, a mascot with the first team in front of all the supporters? They'd, they'd have said no chance at all. And there he is doing it. So, again, the impact we can have on individuals um, just by sort of getting involved, taking a bit of care over their well-being and using football to engage them. That's phenomenal work again. So fair play to you. Yeah, no, thank you. We, we, you know, we're really proud of the impact we have, whether it's huge numbers or or individual studies. You know, it's as, as we said, it's individual stories um, help people to understand the bigger picture of what's happening. Yeah, and and I impress on the staff all the time. You know, um, everybody that comes is going to be engaged by the club, draw an opinion of the club based on what experience they have with us, whatever program it is they're on, and make sure we do that and make sure we make a difference and. You know, we're we're all very proud that Walsall Football Club can can have that impact across the town as well. Yeah, that's very good. Um, the Travella Foundation. Um, yeah. Sort of. What sort of uh, effect of uh, Travella had from the the previous regime, sort of before Lee Pomnit, sort of thing. Um, I think, from a foundation perspective, we've we've always had the support of of. The chairman, um, you know, they always and, and and the board because they always see the value in what we do. Um, it's every football club does it. We we want to be up there and, and regarded as one of the best in in the activities we run as a as a foundation. Travella came in um, pretty much twelve months ago now, and um, we're we're very upfront in saying that they wanted the football club to to impact the whole community. Um, yeah. They, they've always been very vocal of that. They they knew there was the the, the the foundation, but obviously had looked at 
the other side of things first in, in buying a football club. But um, very, very quickly came over, got to really know um, what we do, the impact we have. And and they, they, they're really positive about the work we do. And um, one of the, the Travella Foundation board um, has now joined as a, a trustee as well. So they're in, invested in us. They've funded a project, the Assist to Achieve programme, which is to um, support. We, we've got like a sports mentor that goes into a local primary school. Um, and supports targeted children in that school um, to sort of show them that um, there's there's a big wide world out there and to, to broaden their horizons and think about, you know, going on to things that maybe they wouldn't consider in the future, such as college and, and further education and things like that and supporting kids with learning difficulties in the school, behaviour problems and, and different things like that, which which has a huge impact because if they've got attendance and behaviour problems and we can address that, they're more engaged in school. They're more likely to get better grades and better grades may lead on to, to better futures. So really important program. We've we've had players go out to visit the kids. Um, and recently we had Matt Jordan on a, a Zoom call with him and he was absolutely brilliant with the kids and had a, a real impact wow. on them. So for, for me as the foundation, um, they're, they're super supportive. They're, they're very keen to, to have that impact. And, and if that sort of attitude is continued around the club in a very calculated way as they've they've suggested it would be um you know it's i'm hopeful it'll be a really positive future for for every department of the football club yeah i think it it's easy for people to for some like Travella to come in and say oh yeah we're all for the community we're going to help the community but it's whether they follow that through and physically actually do anything is uh it's it's good to see that they are following through on what was said yeah, I mean, they obviously there's that. It's easy for a manager to come in and go, yeah, community, get more people through the door and then not do anything with us. Um, Mike Flynn was was brilliant, I have to say, in in his support of, of our work and, and getting players out to engagements. Um, I've not really had a chance to speak to, to Matt too much yet because he's been getting his feet under the table and, the you know, his, his appointment's only been the last sort of month or so anyway, a couple of weeks of the season left. So, but but from being at the club and speaking to Matt, when I do go down the training ground, I'm sure we'll have exactly the same support from him. And and that's vital. And I suppose Travella extending that and, and the club have always extended it, that if they support that community and the community then supports the club, it's, it's that win-win situation again, where there's more people in the stadium, it's generating more income and, and you've got that gradual growth um, over the years. So, yeah, it's... I'm, I get on really well with them all um, from Travella. I, I see the work they do behind the scenes and I'm, I'm certain it'll, uh, it'll have a positive impact on the whole club. Yeah, I think the American influence, um, <laughs> a lot of people sort of joking about sort of all big flag waving and uh, bells and whistles and that sort of stuff and customer service <laughs> people refer to. It's yeah. the, the American style. Um uh, have you seen anything specific Americanized, or just is it just like similar? Um, not, not particularly in, in in that respect. I don't think it's they're they're very conscious of those things, but they're the right things to be be conscious of. Um, they've they've always said that they, you know, what I remember one of the staff jokingly asking them when they they took over the club, is it football or soccer? Um, and <laughs> and they said no, we we know we know very much it's football, and they they try to embrace the English culture of the game, not the the Americanisms yeah. as such from the 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 soccer's the, the leagues that they have over there. But I mean, fans will have seen you see it on social media. Ben does go out and um, try and experience the match day, 
from a fan's perspective, he's been seen yeah. buying a multi pie in the corner and uh, from one of the kiosks. <laughs> and I know um, Wes, who's on our board of trustees, has done a lot of work on the the off field activities as well. And um, yeah, it's it's really positive, and they're really invested in in what we're doing as a club. I think it, it's easy when the when the football results haven't been there to think that everything is rubbish. Yeah, I mean, I've I've kind of asked them that. I said, does it surprise you that when the football isn't great, you know, the the burgers aren't great either, kind of thing? And um, yeah. it is. It's we're always every football club, not just Warsaw, every club is going to be judged on, um, you know, the performances on the pitch. You look at, I mean, a great example would have been Everton. Um, and, and Leicester, one of those two could have gone down. Leicester haven't finished lower than sort of ninth in the Premier League or something in the last eight oh, years. Yeah. They've won the league, they've won the cup and now relegated. And if it had been Everton, they're building a brand new stadium worth hundreds of millions of pounds on the, the docks in Liverpool. Yeah. So, um, you know, everything off the pitch could be running great. But if the team loses, it, that's the biggest focus of supporters. And it, it hurts us as well at the club because we don't we don't want to be in that situation. Um no. We want to see the team playing well from a foundation perspective. When we're putting people through the door to watch the games, we want them to see an entertaining game of football and, and it makes life ever so much easier. So, you know, fingers crossed that the appointments over the summer and the signings we'll, we'll make over the summer will have a difference. And, um, you know, we, we have a really good season of it next year. Yeah, I think Matt Sadler's mindset is... Uh much more the old Warsaw way of sort of pass and move and that sort of, uh, rather than the hoof ball that we've been. Uh, <laughs> yeah, enduring. I mean, managers come in with their styles of play. They, they obviously have players that they, they rely on if they're a, a more sort of seasoned manager and have worked with players in the past. Um, maybe that's not the case with Matt so much, that he's got um, players that have been at other clubs with him as a manager because this is his first appointment. That may change yeah. things just from a, a football fan's perspective. Um, because ultimately, I I watch games as much as a fan as a, a member of staff, and um, you know, and I'm, we, we're sort of distanced from some of the bigger decisions. Obviously, it's not foundation business to get involved in that, but we we see the decisions, we see the football on the pitch, and we we're invested as supporters of the club as well. So I really hope Matt can um, have a great sort of summer, make some really key signings, and um, we have some really good football and. The last game of the season, it was commented on the you know the style of play that we played and and we obviously yeah, won it right. and the football was a, a a little bit more what we were used to maybe well, in previous yeah. so you know hopefully that that continues and it it sort of pays dividends. Yeah, I think I think if in all honesty, I think when he when Matt Sadler was confirmed as the new manager, it was somewhat underwhelming really with the other names that had been banded about. But he does know the club. Um, and yeah. just because the pre other managers have had success elsewhere doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be successful in the next role. No, and, and football's a funny business. I think, again, just from my perspective, they, they took their time, they interviewed candidates, and they obviously thought Matt was the best manager for the job, which is a testament to him. If he's gone through a, a thorough process and come out on top with the the relative inexperience he's got of, of being a manager. So I think yeah. that's fantastic for Matt. But it doesn't always, you know, ring true. You look at the success of, say, Brighton in the Premier League and they're, uh, the owners at Chelsea went and plucked the manager that everyone was screaming is the best thing we've, we've had as an English manager. And, you know, Graham Potter very sadly didn't quite do what he did at Brighton yeah. for Chelsea. And it's you just you just don't know. So it's 
football's very funny and you can sign a player. We had it where we signed a couple of players and then um, they got injured almost straight away and we lost key players. And yeah. you can sign players that maybe don't then perform as well as you thought they might. And then you might find somebody that's on the fringes and suddenly becomes your best player. It's, well, it's look, all Liam Bennett, sometimes. Liam Bennett, albeit alone from Cambridge, but I don't think anybody realised how good he would become. No, um, you know, the the impact of, of those players, um, Carl Rushworth the season before, if you'd have said uh, an under-23 um, first-team, third-choice goalie from Brighton was going to come in and do a, a job for us like he did, yeah. you know, because ultimately he wasn't going to be in the Brighton first team that season and obviously not the season no, no. after when he's been at Lincoln. And what a great prospect he has got under-21 caps and everything else. I look back at particularly the goalies. Who'd have thought at the time that goalies like... Um, Rich O'Donnell, um, Neil Etheridge, um, you know, goalies like that, that ultimately we got on free transfers because their clubs didn't want to offer them contracts and have gone on to play at um, Championship yeah. Premier League level. Pure look at the draw, I suppose. Sometimes you, yeah. you take, who'd heard of Hernos er, er, before we got him? Hernos Tuma, yeah. You know, and, and players like that. So it is, it's, it's, it's football, isn't it? Players. It, it's strange. Players it's strange. Um, some manager will do particularly well at one club and then won't do any good anywhere else. And, yeah, uh, it's I don't know whether it's a fit. We're, we're all football fans and you look at whether it, managers and players fit certain clubs and, and different things. Look at Zaha, went to Man United, never really did anything and comes back and is a Crystal Palace legend, you know, and, and more than capable of performing in the Premier League. But it is, it's, I don't know, that you're always looking at, at players coming in and hoping that you've made the right decisions on managers, coaches, players, and that everything clicks and you gain that momentum and it, it takes you through the league. So, um, yeah, it's, you, you know, you look at the teams that went up this season. Um, at the start of the season, no one would have put Stevenage there. Um, nobody would have predicted Luton Town being in the Premier League next year, but something's obviously right at their club. And it is, and, and big clubs that have got relegated as well. Who do, No one would have put money on Leicester coming down this season, for example. No, no. You look at the, the, the fall from grace of um, a Scunthorpe United, very sadly that have gone from League One to playing, um, or League Two, I should say, to playing Rushall in three seasons. You well, know? How about, uh, about Forest, Forest Green went up as an absolute canter yeah. and um, change of manager, change yeah. manager and that sort of stuff, and uh, it's all gone pear-shaped. And yet the and manager that took them up has just gone and done the job at Luton. Yeah, so yeah. it's after being sacked by Watford. So you just you, it, it's football, isn't it? I think it's the it's it's the part of football that we sort of love to see, but also frustrates us the most as football fans, yeah. isn't it? That you know you see somebody that you think is going to do well doesn't they go somewhere else and get great success and, and vice versa. Yeah. It's I think that's the beauty of I football. That's the clever thing, as you say. Uh, players that have been released that we've picked up. Um, great example of that, of course. Um, bringing back to the Luton thing, Elijah Adebayo. Yeah. Um, he, Fulham had seen him surplus to requirements. And then um, with um, work from Brian Dutton, we understand, um, transformed him into uh, into a top player. And uh, well, his, yeah, assist, I mean, we... his assist for their goal was... Uh, oh, he was fantastic down the left wing. To... Absolute top quality. Turned the guy inside out and into knots, didn't he? To to put the ball across for the oh, for the goal, and then and the calmness. After he'd done that, that was two or three very very clever technical uh, 
moves effectively yeah. to get him clear, and then the calmness to just lay the ball back after that. That was uh, very good. Um, yeah, he, we understand- he, and he was a player that wasn't maybe as as popular at the beginning of his time with with us. Um, if it's, no, if he it's just be good, told, he, he was one that that had to work hard to win everybody over, but he eventually did. Um, and obviously, it's been documented that um, the the move could prove um, quite beneficial to us. Now he's got promoted. It was strange because we went to the Kids Cup on the Saturday. We actually arrived just in time to watch the the game. We we stayed on a hotel on Wembley Way. We were watching the game with Wembley out the window. Um, and I get on really well with the guys at Coventry. Obviously, the the connections with with their management and Chris Marsh in in good health Mark again Robinson, yeah. there. And so there was there was a part of me was wishing Coventry the best, but also knowing that little bit about um, Elijah that um, you know maybe we wanted Luton to go up. So uh, what uh, what Lee Pomlet had said previously, if Luton get promoted with Elijah Adebayo, it'll be the best move, best deal that Walsh have ever done. Yeah. So um so nobody knows how much that is. We can speculate. But... One or two do, but they're not letting anybody know at the moment. I don't know. It's um yeah. It obviously Lee, that's been documented that that's what, what Lee had said. Um then Luke obviously gotta be, that's gotta be over half a million for him to have said that. You would you would imagine so. Again, I would have no clue on, on no, what no, the, it's any, it's the, any the deals are, yeah. you know, and um, it'll be interesting. I saw you put in a, I think you was, did you put a tweet out when someone was saying, why don't we just say how much it is and put the fans at rest, but then everybody knows your budget and starts to inflate prices. You've got to be very cagey because, um, you know, people do look at those sort of moments and, and, and they know we had similar with, with Rico in the past. Um, we were hopeful of something on Troy Deeney um, at the time. It was well documented that there was, well, there was causes there. Actually, I heard a podcast recently, um, some guys chatting to Troy Deeney, and that that transfer to Arsenal came yeah. up in conversation. Yeah. And um, I think they were looking to pay £100 million for Troy Deeney, right. which would have been a £25 million deal for Warsaw. Um, now, Arsenal contacted Warsaw and said, He's worth hundred million. We're not going to let him go for seventy-five million because obviously, if we're going to give you twenty-five million, and they wanted to do the deal to uh, reduce that twenty-five million, right. and uh, Jeff Bonsar said, "On your bike, it's twenty-five million. And right. ultimately, cutting off his nose to spite his face, really. Where do you where do you sit on that? That's the first I've I've heard of that really. Um, it was I, a I haven't seen that. Was just that... Listening to it, yeah, yeah, that was on a, a podcast. I mean, clubs will make deals again. Um, who would have thought that deal for Elijah would have done what it what's happened? If yeah. if we if we'd have if somebody had said to you at the time we sold him to Luton, by the way, he's going to get into the Premier League and there's going to be those sell-on clauses, people would have gone, well, hold on, he's only ever proved himself at our level and was surplus to Fulham's requirements. And Luton yeah. in the Premier League, you must be joking. And there it is, you know, happening over the weekend. A um, bit of a football fairy tale, and you just don't know what what goes on behind the scenes on on those sort of deals. Like I say, there was uh, Scott Dan, uh, Jamie Patterson, uh, Rico yeah. Henry, um, Elijah um, is is the the current one. You you just don't know. But those clubs signing those players are always taking a punt because if they're signing them from us in in League One or League Two. 
they've obviously got to go again and prove their worth at Championship and Premier yeah. League level. And for those players, thankfully, they they have. And all being well, the the money comes in, and I'm sure the club will invest it um, correctly. Well, it, it'd be interesting. I think I, I did have one comment on Twitter, and you get some funny comments sometimes. Um, that was um, the any money they get from Luton will go straight into the Americans' back pocket. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't know where that kind of comes from, that kind of thought. Um, I, mean, I think yeah. there's much more about them than that. There's much yeah, more there, about them. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, and, and for us as a club, and we're only 12 months into their ownership, they've, they've made some great strides, obviously, um, buying the freehold to the land and, and things like that. They've made some real big impact um, off the pitch, which hopefully in turn has that sort of impact on the pitch. Um, yeah. and, and, and unlike um, Lee and, and Jeff previously, who are successful businessmen and local uh, people that have owned the club, this is an American investment group. You know, Ben Boycott doesn't own the club as Ben Boycott. He owns it as Travella Group. Um, and it's a different way of working that... In fairness, we're only we're only just coming up to twelve months in, and um, I think off the pitch they've made some great strides. And if their plan for a, a gradual improvement continues, they'll be be judged on that over the next few seasons. And I'm I'm hopeful and and you know pretty confident that that's what will will happen because I think they're doing a great job behind the scenes. Yeah, and that's it. it's just as as we know, and until it makes a difference to the football, people won't uh, won't believe it as such, will they? No, but they're they're very invested in the football side. They, you know, they um they're, they're football fans, not soccer fans. Football fans, and um, <laughs> you know, they they want to see that success on the pitch, and they 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 know that the success on the pitch does then transcend across the whole club into to everything, having that feel good factor about it. So um, yeah. I have no doubt they'll be be making the right decisions, and and let's hope for a really good season next year. So, uh, what would you do with the money if it was? Uh... Say it was a couple of million. Say what would uh, what would you? I'd build the foundation and extra astroturf so we can do more activities. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's. I mean, you would like to think that because the football side of it has um, generated that income, it's invested back into the the football side and allows maybe some signings that in the past or, or before Luton's promotion we wouldn't have been able to make otherwise. Um, you know, and invest it in that. Um, football aspect of the the club and, and see that we have a, a a strong side. It's it's going to be a tough, tough league too. Um, I've seen a few things going around after the playoffs talking about how difficult every league is and the, yeah. the size of clubs in certain leagues and, and things like that. There'll be, again, some some strong teams and one or two that have invested in the football side, um, like Stockport, got within a whisker of um, promotion after, you know, they were documented on on investing in the football side, but at the same time, you don't want to end up like a Scunthorpe or a Macclesfield or a Berry or or one or two others that have, have struggled. It's that fine balance, and there are people far far wiser than me and and um, knowledgeable than me in in those areas on the football side that'll be making those decisions. I'm sure they'll get it right. Yeah, I think Carlisle has sort of almost proved a point that you don't need to spend big because they've got quite a low budget compared to the likes of. Uh, uh, Stockport, and, yeah, uh, Stockport, Salford, Bradford cities, and and the like in our division, yeah, and 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 we've done it before, you know, we, we the, the seasons we've been up in the past were the seasons we were favourite to go down under Ray Graydon and and um, yeah. Nicky Dosh, <laughs> you know, Richard Money, um, Gosh, I love we, uh, 
you know, we we were we weren't favourites to go up. And I mean, the, the last time we went up from from this division with um, Richard Money, we um, we we were absolutely flying from the from the off. I think we went yeah. wasn't it sixteen games clean sheets at the start of the season, and, and yeah. nobody could touch us. But but again, youth team players. That was when Troy was a youth player. Scott Dan had come in from the youth. Who yeah. knew that they were going to go on and have the careers they had? It's that that yeah. you know that bit of fortune as well. Um, maybe, think, maybe Ram will become our next shining star, and uh, well, and, and I think, I think for, next, for next season, we've pretty much got um, 10, nine, 10 first teamers set already. So, um, we with the budget, yeah, I think that like the last couple of summers, quality, we, isn't it? Yeah, we, we have had some, some sort of um big summers of, of lots of signings the last couple of years. That's that's there for everyone to see as, as supporters. Um, but we do seem to have a, a, a base of players there that have got first yeah. team experience and, and been at the club for a year now, um, which I think is important because they'll know the club. Um, and, and, you know, Donovan Daniels, for example, as captain again, he was captain last year. He's captain. Well, he's going to be in the yeah. squad next season. Potentially, I would imagine in there for being captain again. And, you know, they, they, they'll have that care about the club and, and wanting to do well. So there's a good base to build on. And who knows, some some good signings, maybe invest in a little bit of the the money that we we may be getting from from Luton Town. And um, fingers crossed, it's it's all positive and we we move forward and have a successful season. Yeah, nice one. Right then, uh, just before we finish, um, what you got planned in the, the year ahead for uh, the foundation? Um, year ahead, lots um, lots to look forward to. Uh, probably one of the main things, and and again, something that. Um, Will will become more more obvious as we get into new season. Is we're we're going to do a lot more with Warsaw women. We're going to be looking at um, the the women's and girls side of the the club, um, promoting the women's game, which will be great. Um, continuing with the half program, growing the the twinning project, looking to to grow schools. There's some some new staff um, employment opportunities out there for people. We've given internal staff the opportunity for promotion for the for the great work they've been doing. So. So for us, um, very positive, uh, lots to look forward to, but we, we never rest on our laurels. We like to, to keep busy and, and keep having the impact that we have and make sure that the, the football club's name is, um, is, is held up there for, for having a big impact in the community. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. We've got to do it, haven't we? Right then. Thanks for coming on, Adam. Pleasure. And, uh, Thanks for having me. We uh, hope next season everything improves. That's yeah, uh, the forever helpful. <laughs> yeah. um, that's uh, Wolfsfan TV and uh, the Join the Pain podcast. Uh, thank you for watching, listening, and uh, love to hear your comments. What you think of uh, what great work Adam's doing with the foundation? Thanks for watching. Thank you. Cheers. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.